Ian Collins wants a word. <laughs> Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Tough enough to come with a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty. Ian Collins wants a word. And gargantuan greetings from Pod Central as we once again embark on that heady journey through another episode of Once a Word. We are, if nothing else, a show of sheer optimism as we endeavour to proffer high japes and thought-provoking content all in one neat package. The usual words of warning apply. This show may contain trace elements of sarcasm, lark and general tomfoolery, but it won't contain any horse. A bit of bull, maybe, but certainly no horse. See what I did there, Kev? I mixed up the animals in the name of topical humour. On the show, this. Cite your Kev. Thanks for ruining my Christmas present. Stephen Hester's wallet's worth of this. Just so you know, I did do Ancient History A-Level, but didn't show up to the A-Level. Yeah, that, everybody, is comedian Carl Donnelly. He's with us later on. And we'd be whipped like a purchasing manager at Finders if we didn't knock out a great deal of this. And man, oh man, are we excited. Uh, especially since he's here, the Bernard Breslau of podcasting. It's Sideshow Kev. Oh, Sid. That's what I used to say, isn't it? Sid, Sid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, was Bernard noted as a scholarly man? I mean, because his whole act was that he was a bit, well... Dim. Thick, yeah, and clumsy. Was that an actor, or was he just like that, and that's why he got those roles? We should maybe do a kind of analytical show based on the carry-on films for an entire pod one day. Because the entire mishmash of that car... I mean, they, they were a lot of f***ed up people <laughs> on that. I mean, Charles Hawtrey, Kenneth Williams, yeah. Sid James. I mean, these were extraordinary characters, uh, but all screwed up in their own strange ways. Yeah. Could anybody seriously say they've got a, a favourite carry-on film? You, you can't... Given the gag, is pretty much the same in every carry-on film. Oh, I, it's time! I, I'm going carry-on dick. Back to the, Fluffy. Yes. It's the Dick Turpin stuff. The thing about the carry-on films were, in addition to being films, do you remember they used to cut them up and show them on yes. primetime ITV as a, a shitty clip show? And it's like, carry-on laughter or something. Carry-on laughing, yeah. It's like, look, yeah. isn't this funny? It's having all against Jim Dale going down the stairs on, on a stretcher. A <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they used to put that... Get the like, glockenspiel out again, please. It wasn't, it wasn't even filler. It was like, hey, this is entertaining. Yeah. People love the carry-on films. Like cutting up bits of James Bond films and calling it the James Bond Hour. Although I have to say, I think it's you know always worth crediting Sid James' blood pressure device exploding when Barbara Windsor walks yes. through in Carry On Nurse. Honestly, I don't know where to look. I do. <laughs> have you got some questions, Kev? Yes. Good. It's questions of feedback via social media and Ooh. email. Here's Merv. Merv says, "Have either of you two knowingly or unknowingly eaten a horse? <clears throat> Probably." Only tonight, my mum said to me, uh, I bought some mince from Asda. Right. Is it all right? I said, I think it's all right because it's not a ready meal. So I think it's okay. And then, like half an hour later on the news, it said, you know, Asda's looking at withdrawing aspects of fresh beef. I thought, <laughs> shit, my mum's about to eat a nag. So I was straight on the blower to try and stop it. Don't her eat that they, horse! Don't eat it! She just went. <laughs> she said uh, she hadn't uh, got to. The, <laughs> she hadn't got that far. I love the Findus explanation when they they issued a statement, which effectively was along the lines of there was horse meat in it, but that's not the problem. The problem is 
It was the wrong label on the packet. This is the problem, you see. So are they saying if they'd spotted it, they would have whacked one out that said horse lasagna? <laughs> no, he put the sticker over beef and written on horse in crayon just to sort of make that it That would have been effective. fine, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, are you, would you be offended if you'd eaten the horse? No. I wouldn't really be offended. Well, it would be kind of nice to know, and I don't want to eat a horse that's got a bunch of tumours. That seemed to be one of the other issues, wasn't it? That they were given medicine and the medicine can give it's cancer just, to It's just the butte thing. Butte, Yeah, yes. but then, who knows? I mean, look at some of the muck that gets served up in some takeaways. All manner of places. Well, look at some microwave meals. Here's a roast dinner for pound seventy. Well, Jimmy said this last week, didn't he? If you're going to buy cheap meat, it's going to be full of... But that's... Be- you know, they've been saying things about eyelids and bits of other animals in fast food places for years. Yeah, well, yes. We know about the eyelids and the testicles. Full of bollocks. Much like this podcast. From Matt. Ah, now, do you remember a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I told a story about Simon Bates and Twin Peaks. Do <laughs> yes. you remember the story? Yeah. Right, well, this is from Matt. It says, Sideshow Kev, thanks for ruining my Christmas present. Andre, give me some ruined Christmas present music! Matt says, I hadn't got round to watching my box set of Twin Peaks, (laughs) but due to Loudmouth Sideshow Kev's spoiler, I'm now thinking of sending Vernon K round to put you in a full Nelson while Ian tapes a dummy in your mouth. That did occur to me afterwards that if people hadn't seen Twin Peaks, and yeah. I know it was on like 22 years ago or something. You were besmirching Bates for giving away. And the, I may have yes. inadvertently done exactly the same uh, thing. Yeah, you are no better than Bates. Steve says, I love this podcast and I love your guests, but I particularly like the show you did where the guest never showed up. Yeah. <laughs> Can we have more of you two Herberts talking shit, please? Well, well, there's something to say about that. Yeah, this is the last show. Thanks, everybody. Bye. A Big Things Media Production. (laughs) Big Things! Now, we're going to try something next week because a couple of people have mentioned that and um, we were sort of thinking maybe, 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 maybe next week, much as we love the features and we know you do too, and the guests... I mean, we know you love all that, but we yeah. were thinking of effectively just going into a studio and pressing record and seeing what happens. Here's here's what we'd like you to do, though. We would like you to tweet or email us kind of suggested stories or links for us to look at. Yeah. And we will kind of stick them all in a big... Tombola. Tombola. We'll have some clown music. Yeah. And we will pick out different topics and we'll just chew the fat yeah, and now, see what happens. It, it could be an unmitigating disaster. It could be disaster. It could be crucially embarrassment that we never broadcast a game. Or podcast. It's going to be a bit like um, as close to live as you can get because we're just going to roll yeah. and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. So uh, download it or, or don't. And frankly, you may see lots of tweets from us saying, don't download it. It was bloody awful. If you've got something you want us to talk about, kev at onceaword.com or ian at onceaword.com. Twitter at Sideshow underscore Kev or at Ian Collins UK and just send us a link or a suggestion for a subject. Yeah. And we'll stick it in the box of joy. Uh, We'll get Andre to spin the box, give it a good old shake-up and we'll select the topic. See how we do. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Brilliant. I hope it goes better than that. (laughs) So, yeah, that's That's it. it. Hello. I'm I'm just going to sit there in stunned silence. Kev does spontaneity. So, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> just... I'm from Ballyhoo. <laughs> Look at me, I'm Kev. I'll just sit there in stunned silence while yeah. you talk about socialism or something like that. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll Think be fine. Steve Martin's safe. Kev. He's, he's just become a father. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, 68? Like, 60, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm going the same way. <laughs> From Handsome Harry the Happy Heineken Whore. As you two are tits, any thoughts on Murdoch potentially changing page three? It, in a way, it's, it's staggering that it's... It's actually there. It the is fa- amazing. It's, it's, it's staggering. It's, it's there today in 2013. But actually, if you talk to sort of an American uh, or even an Australian, they can't believe we have a newspaper yeah. that has a, a girl with her baps out no. every single day. It's astonishing. It is kind of... I'm not really offended by it. I'm, I'm completely indifferent to it. I'm, but I'm just surprised that it, it kind of still exists and there's still currency for it. But the days have gone, haven't they? You know, you're Samantha. Can anybody name currently a page three girl? Mm. You're Samantha Fox and you're Linda Lusardis and you're Maria Whittakers. Yes. Of all, you know, they've all but gone. I think Keeley from Bromley was the last one. The Sun, I only ever tend to read on... on Trains. Yeah, if it's on a train or public transport. And I have to be honest, pages two and three usually stuck together for some reason, so (laughs) I don't really... Uh, from Nev, the Night Rider. While driving at about 3am the other morning along the A28, I noticed a light coming from a field. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. I slowed down to take a look and saw a perfect carry-on camping. Hello. Hello. Like silhouette of a couple inside a tent, clearly having it off. They must have heard my motorbike... Hang on a second, who says having it off? Nev, the Night Rider. Okay. They must have heard my motorbike nearby but made no attempt to stop. Do you think they were exhibitionists or just showing off? Me and a mate went back the following night but both they and their tent were gone. Hang on, do we think they were exhibitionists or just showing off? Aren't they one of the same thing? Well, they were in their tent, right? You've got to go to a lot of trouble, haven't you? Yeah, but... Darling, should we set up the silhouette? Maybe they just didn't realise. Yeah, exactly, it's like, you know, put a light on and we'll... we'll I'd like to poke you by the light of a silvery moon <laughs> so passing traffic can see plus a sleeping bag doesn't have much you know i mean it, it's bouncy enough but I'd... it is actually a scene from carry on camping is it? it yeah where one character's got a, a bullet in his ass and his missus is trying to take it out and they use the talk terry scott i think is the guy the, uh, terry the, mm. terry's having the uh, bullet removed and obviously there's the silhouette moment and, you know, hilarity ensues. But uh, Nev, the night Rider, I, I don't know whether you witnessed... Not, not wouldn't be dogging, would it? It would be kind of camping, really, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what you witnessed, um, but it would just seem an extraordinary length for somebody to go to on the basis they will never know whether somebody was watching them. True enough. So I think you just caught a couple at it and they just happened to have a light inside the tent so they could see. I mean, Nev, it's 3am, it's the A28... He's driving along. Is he is he looking for this kind of thing? Do you know? I think Nev's a dodgepot. I think Nev. I might think be well Nev dodgy. is out looking for illuminated helm. Yes. I think that's what's happening. So he can, you know, crack one off. Possibly. Possibly. From Deb, is there an update on the live show? No. Yes, we're not doing one. We might, yeah, it's summer. <laughs> summer. Summer. Deb also says, what are the chances of a summer season with Bernie Clifton as support? <laughs> yeah. Bernie Clifton. You'd look good as an ostrich cat. Well, well, no, Bernie could just do the little ostrich thing. Because that was all he did, Bernie Clifton, wasn't he? The ostrich. Yes, I think so. I mean, he, he wasn't known as a master joke teller. Uh, no, but I've got a feeling that he probably, years before the ostrich, was doing gags and stuff. Maybe, but the ostrich made him. I mean, it's the equivalent of you dressing as a duck and going on TV and people watching you for 15 minutes and they give you money to do it. They, he didn't really do anything. He walked yeah. around in an ostrich suit. Brilliant. 
Paul from Shared 7. She left me on Friday. What? What do you think of Stephen Tintin Duffy? What? What? I don't know. What do you think of Stephen Tintin Duffy? I don't really have an opinion, really. I have no opinion. Could you name a Stephen Tintin Duffy song? Kiss Me With Your Mouth. Icing on the cake. Well, it may well be, but it was called Kiss Me With Your Mouth. Wasn't there something about a tin soldier as well? Uh, I, I could only remember oh, no, one tin of Duffy. That was... <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't meant to be. Oh, that wasn't meant no. to be an excruciating attempt at trying to cram in some kind of name-based reference. I thought there was a, a, a tin soldiery. Anyway, lots of people can Google it. And finally, Esther. Is there another one? Uh, there is. From Randy Sandwich. Did you see the girl who got her boyfriend's name tattooed on her face? Have you seen this story? She uh, got it spelt wrong? No, no, just like across one side of her face. Oh, the Russian girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. hideous. She'd only known him about a month. This Ra- was the guy that had tattooed stars on yeah, the other girl's exactly, face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Randy said, any chance Sideshow Kev could get <laughs> tattooed on his face so we could see him a mile off? He already has. Hey. No worry on that score. Well, it's not very nice. It's nice. Did you do it with Parker Inc.? No, you did it with Parker Inc. That was a problem. Spent ages with a Brillo pad trying to get this off. If you've got any questions you want to send to us, ian at wantsaword.com, kev at wantsaword.com. Also, send in those uh, links and talking suggestions for next week's podcast, which we'd like that. Comedian Carl Donnelly is going to be with us later on in this podcast. We're going to get Carl to take the comedy challenge as well. I think Rob Rouse is beating Robin Ince, who's beating Andy Zaltzman, on the list so far. But we will see how Carl Donnelly does when he's in. If we're completely honest about the comedy challenge, we don't write anything down, so we can't remember. We have no idea who's at the top of the league. No. And it is back. It had a week off, but it's back. It's random acts of irrational annoyance. The little things in life that just piss you off. They just do your head in. They send your cranial department into a massive 360. They are insignificant. They don't really matter. Folk will say, just get over it. Doesn't matter. Just jog on, sunshine. Doesn't make a difference to your life. But it does, because they're tiny, they are irrational, and they are random acts of irrational annoyance. Kev, so we've got loads, by the way. Kev, start us off. I have two. Number one, why is every toothpaste advert on the telly... There are, there are no fair, good ones. Fair there, point. there seems to be one from... Uh, uh, I don't know which toothpaste it is, but they're sitting around doing almost like a focus group thing. Yeah. Blah, 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 what could make us happy? Look, I've got this toothpaste. Everyone goes, ah, <laughs> buy this toothpaste. That's it. You can, yeah, you can't make toothpaste particularly sexy. Can you? you could squirt it on your nipples. Yeah, because you'd go and buy that, wouldn't you? Stripey one. Yeah. Stripey toothpaste when you are a kid was very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, and the other one is, uh, I'm, amazingly, because I am one, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> Doctor Who fans hate everything, especially, as it turns out, Doctor Who. Yeah. Because you have people <laughs> like me who enjoy it. When it's on, brilliant. Best show on TV. Really enjoy it. But the number of bitchy Doctor Who fans who just complain about everything. Oh, we're only getting eight episodes, then an anniversary special, then a Christmas special. That's not good enough. Oh, we're not getting this. Oh, we don't like that. I mean, for crying out loud, that people. That screwdriver never used to look like that. <laughs> what? Oh, you'd be amazed. Those windows are the wrong size. Yeah. I love Doctor Who. I'm happy it's on. Who are they? Who are those people? But there are people who are almost like terrorists when it comes to it. Yep. People who are bombarding the BBC right now with complaints. 
about the 50th anniversary special in November, despite the fact the BBC haven't announced all of their plans with regard to what they're doing so in they're November. So they're complaining about it before it's even happened. Yes. Fantastic. It's astonishing. Here's a couple, Kev. Uh, number one, Robbie Savage. Now, this is, you know, it's a rational launch, but mainly on the basis that he is just a curious hybrid of Hulk Hogan and Melinda Messenger. <laughs> and on that basis alone, I'm putting him in. Fair enough. Random act of rationalise, Robbie Savage. Uh, and here's the other. Any documentary about penguins? <laughs> Who gives a f- about penguins? Even penguins don't give a f- about penguins. It is possibly the most monotonous, uneventful, dull bit of wildlife kit that ever set two flippers or whatever the hell they've got underneath them <laughs> onto ice. Yeah. They are monumentally boring with a capital B. Yeah, they did that thing a couple of years ago called March of the Penguin. Everyone said, oh, you got to see this. It's utterly fantastic. Oh, yeah. What happened? It's just brilliant. Now, the March of the Penguins, in fairness, does do what it says on the tin. Because you get a famous Hollywood actor who says, it's winter now and the penguins will march for food. And off they go and the Hollywood actor makes some reference, and the penguins all march off in a line through the snow, say, the blizzards are coming, and the penguins will form a circle to protect each other, particularly the youngs. Okay, fantastic. Protecting the young ones, and they'll continue marching now, and then they march, and they get to where they're going, and they have a little mooch around, and they march back again. That's it. It was awful. There's always one, There's always a clip, though, of one of the penguins jumping off a bit of iceberg as it's breaking. Yeah, they Always. love that. Always. And a baby being nabbed by an eagle. Yeah. They love a bit of that as well. Oh, yeah. But that's it. I mean, it is the most mundane of all creatures you could film a wildlife programme on. And yet this thing has... I think there's a new one coming on the BBC at some point pretty soon. Attenborough, he's as guilty as the rest of them on this penguin caper. They've all had a crack at this one. <laughs> and then you had this... Bloody documentary a couple of years back called March of the Penguins, uh, which I think won Oscars. I think it actually... For what? You film some penguins, animals that do nothing. There's nothing exciting or excitable about a penguin. Quite cute, though. No, they're not. That's the thing, Kev. They're not even cute. They are a bit. They're just beaked kind of bits of nonsense. So does this mean we're going to expect a little tour of you around the country going to various zoos... You marching up and down with a loud hailer and a sign which says, Penguins are cars. <laughs> yes, the new show, Collins Punches Penguins, <laughs> will be starting... Punch uh, up a penguin. Just, <laughs> just after Easter. And, I mean, puffins as well. I'd lob a puffin into the same category. Who are not, you know, there's a puffin has sort of some penguin-based things going on. It's sort of like a cross between a penguin and a seagull, yeah, isn't it? rubbish. Here's a great one from James in The Hague in the Netherlands, who says, random act of annoyance, he said, I thought I'd draw your attention to this. Further to your frustration with a certain Lord Alan Sugar's Twitter antics. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, now, yeah, because Alan Sugar asks on Twitter... Does anyone know the result of the Spurs game, for example? So he's asking this on his smartphone with a data connection when he could just look it up himself. Well, it's funny you say that, because he's not alone. Alistair Campbell's been at it as well. You what? Yep, James in the Hague says. Uh, there was a recent tweet from Alistair Campbell that said, Anyone got a calculator? What's 632 divided by <laughs> 7.8? <laughs> now, let's think about this, says James. 
His smartphone must have a calculator app. So unlock the phone, press calc, app, type 632 divided by 7.8 equals. It's eight characters. Hey, presto, you have an answer. But no, instead, he unlocks the same phone, presses the Twitter app, types <laughs> 52 characters, and then waits for his minions to do the calculation for him. He then has to wait for a number of replies to give the same result to ensure there is a majority verdict on the sum. Then he follows it up with this. Thanks. Actually, that was quite easy. Almost doable in my head. Another 59 characters! <laughs> ah! He says, the human race, I fear, is ultimately doomed. It's a very good point. Although I did, I did the other day have to ask who sang Monster Mash because my Google app would not work. So I genuinely was without appage. Do you think he just wanted attention, though? Because I remember a certain talk show host, who I won't name, but it was you, who used to do... Because, you know, if it's it's fair to say that when you're on all the time, yeah. you you know, you can get, like, certain regular callers and you're trying to get calls and whatever else. And there were times when, in order to provoke people into calling you, you would effectively troll them by getting a fact wrong. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but we didn't... It was never really for people to call. No, no, you it would just throw it in in conversation. The one we used to do all the time was we used to get the slogans to well-known chocolate bars deliberately wrong. Yes. So you would have minstrels made to make your mouth water. Yes. Yeah, Milky Way is just enough to give your kids a trick. <laughs> All of that, people would go nuts, <laughs> nuts over it. And they genuinely thought that we'd, you know, somehow lost the plot. Uh, Yul Grinner says, I've got an annoyance. It's people that try to walk into lifts or trains without letting others out first. Do they not understand that the people exiting are creating the space for them to get into? It's, uh, you know, Yul, I'm with you there. It's an extraordinary thing. It makes me so angry. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's actually a breach of a kind of a railway bylaw as well. You can be arrested for not technically arrested. They're not letting somebody uh, off the train first. This is where the Japanese get it right, though. On the platform, you have little Don't sort you just of... just squeeze people in and crush them? Well, you have um, little sort of guides. You have guide marks on the platform, painted, which show you where to stand and where the doors are going to open because they're always very precise. It's not like in this country where you could be like one end of the platform and yeah. open down the other. They let everyone off and everyone on again. Mm. It works perfectly. Admittedly, they try and get four times as many people True. onto the commuter trains as they should. But let's take that as an example. Have they never had any kind of lawsuit on the the, the underground, the Tokyo Underground of somebody who just died through suffocation? They must have had something. Because those suckers really do push them on. They pile them high, don't they? You should ask that on Twitter. I think or I you could just Google it. Could. Uh, Arif says, my random annoyance is why the hell the bus lanes, particularly in London, have different times that drivers can go in them. It pees me off. The other thing that annoys me are drivers that don't use bus lanes when they can use bus lanes. Yeah. A lot of drivers just simply go, I didn't see the I didn't read the sign, so I'm not sure. There used to be one on the way to work uh, that was a huge, it was a whole length of a road. But it ceased to be a bus lane after midday. But I reckon from midday to midnight, you could probably count on one hand the amount of drivers that ever risked using it. Completely. It was a beautiful moment at Russia because you'd go along in your own lane. It's difficult, though, because I remember my um, my driving test, actually. Once you passed first time, did I mention that? <laughs> I was driving around and the instructor said, uh, you know, the bus lane is available at certain times of day, as I'm sure you're aware. And I thought, this is a trap. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to fall for this. So I went round, you know, did everything, parallel parking, all that. Got back to the, the test centre and he goes, uh, well, well, Mr. Sideshow, I'm, uh, 
I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that you've passed. She says, but let me ask you a question. Why the f*** didn't you use the bus lane? I said, I thought it was a trick. She says, why would I try and trick you? I said, it's a test, isn't it? It's a trick. Who was yeah. the instructor? Paul Daniels. So what do you think <laughs> was going on? No, I thought he was trying to say, you can use the bus lane at certain times. I'll use uh... it. And he goes, I'm going to fail you now. Well, I have often thought about, you know, some driver should be given a ticket for not using a bus lane when they could do. Well, it's, yes. it's a total waste of a lane, otherwise. Here's one from Steve Melville, who emailed ian at onceaword.com. People who, when they give out their email address, always say, all in lowercase. It doesn't matter! <laughs> People do still do that. Yeah, true. All lowercase. Makes no odds. Uh, Kev the Taxi says, the person who eats the Turkish delight from your personal box of chocolates... That's always the one that gets How left. often do you have your own personal box of chocolates? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got one now. <laughs> yes. But um, that's always the one in our house that gets left till last. The Turkish delight in a box of chocolates is different to Turkish delight that you buy separately, which is that stuff covered in flour. Yes. And the one in the, the milk tray is just a chocolate, like the Turkish delight you buy at the sweet shop. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Full of Eastern promise. Every or, time. Or... Made to make your mouth water, or whatever what you'd be doing. No, it, it was Turkish Delight helps you work, rest and play. That was it, sorry, that was, yeah. yeah. that was the one. Kev also says, snapping the ring pull off the can of soda without the can opening, that is a nuisance multiplied by a cool billion. I've just thought of another one. Calling a can of fizzy drink a can of soda. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not in America. What are you, Beverly Hills 90210, Kev, in your taxi? Beverly Hills 90210. Wag, wag, oops. <laughs> Ian says, people who take large trolleys of shopping to the self-scan checkout yeah, to the supermarket. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that good point. We like that. Adrian says, people who stand in the middle of the pavement waiting for a bus when there is a shelter with seats. Why? Simon says, people stopping in doorways to decide which way to go. If you ask me, Ian, they should be shot slowly. That's Good a little severe. Joan says, chickens. Tesco, three for ten quid. But I don't want three... You'd think they'd be happy to sell one for £3.33. Oh, they worry Recurring. me, though. I think, I think I mentioned this before. I will actively avoid buy one, get one free deals if I'm just buying something, you know, yep. at lunchtime or whatever, because I don't require two of them. I'm not going to save one. I've got nowhere to save the other one. I don't want to be walking around with an extra can of Sprite in my back pocket. I had this conversation once on Twitter, and I was hoping that Marks and Spencers would join in and explain themselves, because they've done this for years. This is in the petrol station but obviously you can buy a bit of grub yeah. while you're in there so I was going to cook myself up a nice pie a few potatoes and some green beans lovely stuff thought I so I go to the uh, to get my petrol and while I'm in there I thought oh, they'll have the green beans so, and they do have the green beans but for the last I don't know two, three, four, five years they sell a packet of green beans with another one attached to it yes. it's buy one get one free now if you consider the average and I work this out on the kitchen top the average portion of green beans that somebody might, you know, a small handful of green beans would usually be enough on your dish. I worked it out that the packets they sell you is enough probably to serve about 21 people. Yeah. Which is quite a lot, really, when you just want a few green beans. I don't need the extra. It's a f***ing <laughs> waste. It's obscene <laughs> when you've got a world where half the population are bloody starving and these jesters are giving away free beans. That you do not need. You should have just stuck them in a padded envelope and sent them to Africa. Andy says, middle lane fog lights at 50 miles an hour. They approach the roundabout, inside lane, right indicator, then straight over. The things you see when you haven't got a gun. Are all our listeners from but Idaho or something? <laughs> Man alive, what is going on? And here's one from Adam. Uh, those trailers they put on before the film on a DVD that you are forced to watch. Why don't you let me fast forward? Ben Elton used to do a routine on that, didn't he? On the old VHS tape. Back in the days when he was funny. Yeah, and he said it was... Th th those trailers 
that you got on VHSs, it was the only time he felt delighted to see Simon Bates. <laughs> because Bates used to then pop up after the trailers and do a, Hi, I'm Simon Bates. This will contain... Sexual swear words. What, Simon? Like, fuck it. Yeah, something like that. Alf from home and away. Ah, shut up, <laughs> mate. <laughs> See last episode for fuller details. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, any more of those that you've got, Ian at onceaword.com, Kev at onceaword.com, and Carl Donnelly is with us a little later as well. And we've got this. The Mitsubishi L200 comes with a 125,000-mile five-year warranty. In fact, if you bought an L200 today, it would last roughly five years longer than a politician's promise. For more info on the Mitsubishi L200, visit your local dealer. The Mitsubishi L200. No environment too tough. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Oh, I'll tell you what, everyone, this is... Br- we are so excited... What's that? Oh, it's the shoe. All oh, right, okay, it's the shoebox section. Yeah. That is your intro this week. Is it? Yeah. I might just listen to music again. Don't let me stop you. Is that a cassette player? C60. Oh, for crying out loud, snap out of it. All right, okay. What do you got? What do you got, Kev? It's what do you got in your shoebox? <laughs> I love your mock excitement. It's time to Kev's showbiz shoebox, our weekly look at the box of showbiz, half we find under the bed. Now, this week, we love the odd bit of retro TV on this show, have you noticed? Yeah, we do. And what better epitomised childhood than the literally unfathomable series The Incredible Hulk, starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno? Hang on, there were two people? One was Dr. David Banner, the other was The Incredible Hulk. But Banner became the Hulk. Well, he did. The same person. Well, in terms of the story, but what? obviously the technology didn't... Oh, no, explain. hang on. What are you telling me here? Are you telling me it was a different actor? I thought he'd been eating Finder's lasagna or something. Cute. Wasn't bad. Now, in the programme, Dr David Banner would turn angry in a wide variety of fantastic ways, which would in turn make him transform into his alter ego, the Hulk. Yeah. Now, being the modern era, a gent called Ken Johnson has listed all of the various transformations throughout the entire run of the Incredible Hulk on the internet, and they are properly cracking. So, this week, it's time to play Hulk Smash Shoebox. Andre, give me some big green smashy smashy music, please, you gamma-radiated twat! (laughs) Very simple, Ian Collins. The real Hulk transformations from the series are bizarre enough. It would be tricky to spot the real one, so instead, this week, spot the fake. Okay. It's a bunch of different scenarios that he was in. Scenarios. Yes. Number one, Dr. Banner turned into the Hulk when A, he thought about either of his ex-wives, B, no one let the passengers off the train first, or C, he kicked over a beehive and was surprised when the bees were mad at him. B is the fake. It's the correct answer. Yeah, the other two actually existed did in the show. Yeah. So he got the hump and went green and big because he thought about his ex-wife? Yeah, or he kicks over a beehive and bees come after him and he turns... But a Hulk wasn't immune from being stung up the arse, was he? Well, no, but the thing is, Banner gets stung, puny Banner gets stung, and he oh. turns into the Hulk. Number two, Banner turned into the Hulk when A. He was beaten up and locked in a storage chest 
B. He had to deal with a pesky operator in a phone booth because he didn't have 25 cents. Or C. Incorrect use of apostrophes. Yeah, I think I remember the first one, but it was the third one, is the fake. It's the correct answer. It does make me properly angry, yeah. though, I have to say. I know, you don't like it. Number three, Dr. Banner turned into the Hulk when... A. Someone asked him why his trousers never split when he transformed, and also if his cock <laughs> goes big and green too. B. He was tied up and fed soup by an elderly Japanese woman who didn't understand English. Or C. He was stuck in a cab in New York rush hour traffic. I remember the last one. It was A. A was the fake. Correct answer. Three out of three for Collins. But his trousers would stay on. In the comics as well. They would all stay on, yeah. Yeah. Number four. Dr. Banner turned into the Hulk when... A. A burning beam fell on him when he was trying to save a horse. Presumably from Findus. B. No one retweeted his awesome joke about Iron Man's shiny helmet. Or C. He was thrown under a New Orleans Mardi Gras parade float by a man in a gorilla suit. B's the fake. B's the fake. And finally, number five, Dr. Banner turned into the Hulk when... A. He was put in a skip by two bin men who thought he was a thief. B. He was lassoed by mean cowboys. Or C. And bear with me here... He went to a fancy dress competition dressed as a popular iPhone game. He came last because you wouldn't like him when he's Angry Birds. It's going to take me a week to get over that. I'm going C is the fake. It's going to take you a week. How do you think I feel? C is the fake. Does that mean I got five out of five? Uh, I think it does. I think does. it does, doesn't it? Uh, that's the showbiz shoebox. It's over. For this Hooray. week. Hooray. Bring on comedy with Carl Donnelly. There isn't one next week because we're doing this weird thing where we talk about nothing and yet everything. Yes. But for the following week, or any other time, follow me on Twitter at Sideshow underscore Kev or mail me via email. Kev at onceaword.com Thank you very much, Kev. And now for something you might expect. Oh, when I was a little lad many years ago I wasn't very sporty folks and yet I wasn't slow My mammy called me pappy and my pappy called me foo Laughed at every little thing that was against the rule Look who's come to see us on our podcast. It's only comedian Carl Donnelly is here, everybody. Hello. Hurrah! How are you, Carl? Hurrah! Hurrah! hurrah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most, uh, I don't normally yeah. get a hurrah. Well, there's an audience here, you know. They, of course. I'm that, just not so. posh enough for a hurrah. You're not posh enough. Uh, here's the thing. I wasn't going to mention this to you, but I'm now going to mention it to you. We, we do a feature called Random Acts of Irrational Annoyance. Yes. And one of my own sort of ongoing annoyance, it's always been the same since I was a kid. Uh, you know when you have your hair cut yes. and somebody says, oh, you've had your hair cut? Uh, as if you didn't know you'd had your hair cut. <laughs> uh, and that kind of goes on for the whole day, really. There's various yeah. characters go, oh, you've had your hair cut. And even, you know, oh, look at you. And, you know, I found even young people will will proffer sort of quite aged comments. Oh, look, you're a Bobby Dazzler with your new hair <laughs> And it's, it's, it's extraordinary. To you me have, you have got, you've got quite new, trendy hair, haven't you? Well, well this is, I was going to come you on to You were going to say about mine as well. Yeah, well, yeah but the reason being <laughs> is because obviously, you know, well, we, you've been on my radio show a few times and... Um, and you did have a change of haircut, 
But here's the thing. I was watching you on, I think it was, uh, was it, 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 it was Russell... Um, oh, Russell Howard's uh, Good Russell, News. Russell Howard's Good News show, yeah. And I watched you for 10 minutes and didn't realise it was you. <laughs> That's how profound a change oh, it was. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that was probably about three years ago, maybe two, two and a half yeah. years ago. And, yeah, he's, I, it's unbelievable to change. Like, I was, I was I, serious. I, I, I thought, this guy's really good. Yeah. We must get him on. And I went, hang on, that's Carl. I, uh, yeah, I look... I mean, it was because that was when I was... I mean, I'm not saying I'm only... It's not that long ago, yeah, but yeah. I was sort of late 20s. And I hit 30 and I had this long mop of hair on my head. And I just thought, what am I doing? Like, I look like a sort of 18-year-old student. So I thought I'd get it all cut off. But then I got it all cut off and looked normal for a bit. And now I think I've gone the other way. I've gone too trendy. Like, you think so? It's really short around the sides. And it's this big thing pointing on top. See, that's always the interesting thing to me. Because, I, you know, I watch a lot of comedy mm. and uh, you perform a lot of comedy. I'm always intrigued by the sort of nonchalance of a comedian because you know is non- does nonchalance have to be worked on that in, including what somebody wears because there was that point remember sort of when alternative comedy came in and obviously you know thank god we finally got you know sort of the alexis sales and some you know mm. quality comics telling real stories about you know, real passionate um ideas and some of it was political some of it was anecdotal personal stories whatever um and a lot of it was, of course, about being a student and mm. the, the, the sausage in the fridge kind of routine. <laughs> but then a lot of those guys got old and sort of 15, 20 years later, some of them are still out there in jeans and T-shirts talking almost as if they're still a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you've got... This is my problem. I think uh, like there's a thing in comedy they talk about finding your voice and I think that includes yeah, yeah. your look. I think that people always assume you get to a point when you yeah. sort of work out, right, this is me as a comic. But I sort of disagree with it. I think, I think you should just... Like change how you would if you're a normal person. Like, yeah, don't yeah. ever like. There's some people that don't want to change their look because they've sort of that's what they people think of when they look at them. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, but whereas I think, but like, I've never changed my look because of comedy. Every every time I've changed my hair or done anything, yeah, it's because you of the rest of the time. Like if anything, like on stage is sure sort of just one a small part so, of my day. So you've never thought, right? You know, as a comedian, I've got to look like this. No, so not it's at all. Like, I have this kind of image. No, I've, I'm sort of. I think I don't know if it's a rare thing, but I genuinely have a massive life outside of comedy. A lot of comics are really neurotic about it. A lot of comics don't have any normal friends. Like they, they, they most bin, comics don't have normal. Yeah, they bend them all off because yeah, yeah. of like the, the sort of intense way you go yeah, for comedy. Yeah. But for me, luckily, my mates are all quite easygoing and sure. sort of they were fine for me to disappear for a couple of years almost yeah, yeah. doing it. And then come back to the group. So, like, all my mates, well, not all, I've got loads of good comic mates, but the majority of my friends are non comedians. So, so, coming here dressed in chainmail today was. Yeah, this was. This is what, what I you did just on your yeah, day off. Just come from my meeting of my Knights Templar. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, so that's what I think that's what it is. That's why, because I hang out with normal people. Yeah, I just, yeah. Whenever I, if I change my look, it's because. Because you fancy change, it. Yeah, just yeah. change my look. So I, but I think because you're a comic, people always assume you've done it because you want to get on telly or well, something. Well, I suppose also because plenty of comics do, because they are aware of the. The, the, the sort of the visual yeah. side of things. You can always tell. If there's, I always, it's always funny when you see a comic who's just always worn jeans and t-shirts, show up to a gig in a suit. You're like, mate, come on, yeah, you're not going to get on the strange. live at the Apollo because you got a suit on. Make so, your jokes better. <laughs> that's, that's usually the way around, it, isn't it? Yeah. But you did just before we started recording this, you did drop, a, a, frankly, a beautiful bombshell of normality, and that was dark. You mentioned oh. darts. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like a drop of darts? Oh, I love it. And like I was just saying, I basically, so I've, I've, I've always been a fan of darts. Play yeah. a fair bit. I, um, I've been to the PDC, like Ali Pali, quite a few times, but 
I'd never been to Lakeside because it's so hard to get tickets. You yeah. have to like you have to apply for it like nine months before. It's crazy, isn't it? So what I did last year, I applied when they were open and then forgot I'd applied. And I was at the Edinburgh Festival in August and my missus called me up and went, uh, you've had some darts tickets come through the door and I was so happy. Really? And then took me like, so I just took three friends, four of us just went and went insane. So, and what's amazing about Lakeside, which is different to PDC, it's so small compared to like Ali Pali. Yeah, yeah. It feels like you're just in a functions room of a pub almost. And like we would, we ended up drinking with uh, Jan Decker's dad, who was a, a quarter finalist. And there's photos of us all like hugging Jan Decker's dad and his mum. Like it's just, it's, it's, it was an amazing. It was just a great. Is day. It, do you get thrown out if you're caught without a drink? Is that true? Is that what happens? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, we table four, not we drinking, were ruined. But like, <laughs> but what's amazing, and this is a difference between that and Ali Pali on the Ali Pali one was the same. Everyone yeah. just gets smashed, but. The Ali Pali one felt like it was loads of people that were just there to get drunk and the darts was just a secondary thing. Lakeside actually feels like the darts is yeah. still the main thing. So there's a much better atmosphere. There's no people just getting drunk as if they're on a stag do. It's like people are getting drunk, but the darts is sort of still, it's still a impo- key yeah. factor. Do you, do you think with dart players, there's a, there's a point you can reach where you can't really be any better? I mean, are they all like, you, you look at the, you know, you look at a bit of Barney and the like, and you think, you know, these guys are all sort of as good as each other, and it kind of interflips between them. Once in a while, they'll have a bad day, but... Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think Phil DePau Taylor just seems to, you know, I mean, I don't think we'll ever, there'll ever be a better player than him. Like, his averages are ridiculous. It's crazy. And this is, what, this is the only thing about Lakeside, is that the averages are pretty rubbish. Like, the quality yeah. of darts is lower, but... Yeah. It's a much more fun evening. And, and didn't, uh, didn't didn't Jockey Wilson die just last year or something? I think he did, yeah. Didn't he? That's oh, a sad day for, <laughs> for the arrows. Absolutely right. Yeah, it's a sad day. You know, you know about the... Um, is that story true, Kev, about Dex's Midnight Runners showing up on Top of the Pops? Do you know about this? I do. I've seen the... The, uh, the Jackie Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the set was designed <laughs> Jockey Wilson. Is, often, yeah. I've, I've looked for that so often on YouTube, and I, I've never been able to find it, but no. I'm assuming, you know, enough people have said it. I think there's probably some truth in there. Uh, the idea of performing in front of her, just a massive a picture, picture of Jockey Wilson. Fantastic. And then a, another thing I discovered only a couple of years ago, you're probably familiar with this because you you know you're on the dart a bit more than me but this thing called dartitis that eric bristow had where you can't let go of your dart really yeah he had a i've never heard of it sort of a, a psychological block oh, so it's psychological it's not where you can't let go of uh, the dart is this like um is it do you remember jasper panovic the golfer Absolutely. when he got yips yes exactly and yips was essentially just a made-up thing <laughs> it doesn't really exist Something, it's basically yeah. jasper panovic just lost form and thought oh. he'd make up a disease <laughs> everybody just quoted it <laughs> as if you know it's just a well-known just, fact yeah i've just got the yips, yips. yeah yes. it's definitely uh, listen you're off to australia uh, next week yes so and that's working that's gigging yeah i'm out at the adelaide fringe fantastic for a month so Wow. Should be good, yeah. It's like forty degrees out there, right? It's now. really warm, yeah, yeah. Which is that's the best time. A of mate year. of ours has just gone to to Melbourne this week for a month, and it's and Melbourne really hot at the minute. Yeah, Mel- the thing about Melbourne is that you got you got the beach sort of about yeah forty minutes from the centre, but yeah, it's not a beachy place. I think Adelaide's a bit more. I think so. Of a coastal yeah, yeah, town, yeah. and then when you're back, uh, Edinburgh this year. Yep, seems to be the case. Yeah. I've already, yeah, I've already started. It's weird. I've started writing it so much earlier than normal. Normally, I'm one of these people that likes to put it off as long as possible. But will you write it all, or will you stop writing and then, like, still two weeks before you'll go, oh, my God, no, got to write a show. What I want to do this year is, because uh, this year's like, last year I had a really themed show, and the year before was a quite themed show. This yep. year I'm going to try and just do all just non-themed stand. Not also, There's going to be certain messages yeah. and stuff, but I'm going to overwrite it. I'm going to try and have more than I need. And then have a sort of show I can mess around with each day and make it and some of course, days different to the e- others. Either either to your joy or annoyance, every show has to have the catchiest name. 
Oh, in Edinburgh. I, I would imagine as a comic, that is probably quite annoying. Oh, it's not. Well, this is the thing. Like a lot, of, I hate Edinburgh titles. Most comics, I think, are, like, you could do a whole show on Edinburgh titles. Almost. Well, this is what I've got an issue in. I think most comedians don't put enough effort into their show title or their show like yeah. posters and stuff. I think most comedians, what they do is they think of the show. They think the show's the main thing. Obviously, it is, but they sort of let their agent just pick a title and sure. sort out their poster. I am one who's a bit of a control freak, and yeah. I always pick a photographer I like and. You know, I direct the photo shoot. I go to them with the idea. That's I've good. got a title in my head. So like, I, I think it's because I think it's part of the show. Of course, like, it is. Like, I think it's really, yeah, I think it's part of the creative thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a lot of comics are just a bit lazy with it. So we'll have to just wait for the title. Well, I've got a rough title at the minute, but it's because uh, it's my fifth show. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking of calling it now. That's what I call Carl Donnelly Volume Five, <laughs> which is exactly wrong now. It's a fun like title, that. and I've already sort of got an idea for the poster. <laughs> Which would be, um, yeah, sort of going to be a bit of a retro album cover. Fantastic. Me in a leather jacket, good maybe work. a mountain behind me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's going to be good. You really are directing this already, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like to, I like to think of it as yeah, while I'm writing. Uh, whenever we have comedians on, Carl, we like to give them a little comedy quiz. Uh, we yeah. have a leaderboard on this. Uh, you stand to beat uh, the likes of Robin Ince, uh, oh. Olivia Lee. We've had, who else we had on, Kev? We've had everybody on. All manner of characters. <laughs> Literally them two and everyone. Else. Yes, I'm trying to, trying to think who's the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and two very did, different people. Did, well. a, oh, no, did Olivia Lee beat Ince? Oh, my gosh. No, Rob Rouse. Rob, you know Rob. I don't know Rob very yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rob, yeah, Rob came in like a, a curveball from right. hell and just played it very, very cool. Right. We thought Rouse is, yeah, he's not going to do this. No. And he made it sound as if he wasn't going to do it. Right, Okay. I'll see. So what, yeah. is, what is the crux of the... It's just five very simple questions. Or right. multiple, <laughs> multiple choice, Carl. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're all comedy related. I think, actually, this set is, is the easiest set. <laughs> Don't had. say that. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can say. <laughs> well, actually, what we, no, we, 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 we did something really mean once. We had Andy Zaltzman on. Yeah. Um, what we did with Andy, because he read, like, uh, classics at university. Yes. We Rather than comedy questions, we gave him Ooh. really tough Classics questions. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, I did do ancient history A-level. Did you? But didn't show up to the A-level. I studied, <laughs> studied it for two years. Didn't show and up? I just got bored. What? On the day, what I thought, I'm not feeling this. <laughs> I was always quite an independent soul. <laughs> what I did, genuinely, I went to... Yeah. I, I got up late, so I was going to miss the first half yeah. of it anyway. They might have not. They might have turned me away. I went to a coffee shop near the school and just texted my mates and said, uh, when you finish, come out and meet me. Brilliant. So, they, they so you are the reason it. why Michael Gove wants to bring all this stuff back. But I did all right. I, always, <laughs> I, I, I Then I went to uni. I just about scraped into uni because I did my other A-levels. Yeah, of course. And then uh, dropped out two months later. Yeah. But apparently I got told once by a... a Lecturer that the most intelligent students they ever had always drop out. Is that right? Apparently so. Yeah, because they realise that education doesn't hold anything for them. They've got to go well, off. And I think you're right. Because Zortzman might have this massive Oxbridge degree, but frankly, <laughs> I don't think exactly. I don't think he knows very he much. He doesn't know about the psychology of data. He knows <laughs> all about darts. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, here we go, then, Carl. Uh, five. Are you ready for these? You're right, these. You have to. You, very ready. you can't jump in until you've heard all, all no, answers. No. If you do, you'll be penalised very badly. Oh, I should say. I should say this is the Carl Donnelly comedy challenge everybody so. thank you and <laughs> question number one which comedian named their dvd the burn identity was it jason burn ed burn or george burns i've got jason burn you're going jason i'm Byrne. going jason i can't yeah i'm gonna go i can't i can't remember. i don't know if, i don't well, remember george ed. burns wasn't alive george when burn, dvds no. were out was he so i don't i can't remember what ed burns DVDs are called, but I've seen his posters. I don't remember seeing that as a title. And Jason Burns a bit more silly, so I can imagine him going for a sort of 
laboured pun. It is the correct answer, yes. Jason, but one out of one for I did Carl that, I did that thing that the uh, eggheads do, though, where I sort of talk through the answer. <laughs> do you watch <laughs> Rather than just, yeah, Well, I do now and again, but I hate the fact that it's a multiple-choice question. Yeah. Just pick the answer. <laughs> what they do is they do this deductive thing, like, oh, no, Richard Ferdwood doesn't really fit into that time. And then they go, so it's uh, Henry VII. Here we go. Question number two. Which comedy writer has just been chosen to stand as the Labour candidate in the Eastleigh by-election? Is it Kevin Day? John O'Farrell or Sean Pye? Oh, I'm going to go John O'Farrell. It's the right answer. Yes. <laughs> well, O'Farrell wrote that book called Things Can Only Get Better, which right. was kind of based really on his um, getting into being a Labour supporter. Right. And, you know, like all good socialists, he's from a really well-off, yeah. nice middle-class family. <laughs> yeah, like every <laughs> yeah. new Labour politician. <laughs> Absolutely right. But, yeah, they put him up for it. So two out of two. poor people don't want to be socialists. Like poor people, yeah. if you get any money, I think that's you true. go capitalist all the way. But I was going to I read John O'Farrell's book, and it was really good. Um, it was really nicely written. Right. It was very funny. And but I, I kept wondering where he's drawing his experience or angst from because he's got a lot of opinions about stuff he's got yeah. no experience of. Yeah, I think I, which was about weird. poverty mostly. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. Which is kind it's of a weird interesting. Thing, like, I think most working class people. Actually, if they had the chance, would be Tories. Correct. But I think that's because, absolutely true. You know, yeah. Because, but whereas most middle class people have enough sort of yes, socialism is a nice idea if you can afford it. Absolutely. <laughs> here we go. Question. You got two out of two. I mean, this is great. So on, your route is well, almost yeah. out of the picture here. Yes. Question number three. Uh, your podcast colleague and stand-up comedian Chris Martin yes. did the audience warm-up for which well-known sitcom? Was it Gavin and Stacey, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps? Or Mrs. Brown's Boys. Well, he's never mentioned any of this. This is brilliant. Oh, he's a. L- Hang on. Oh, Mrs. Brown's Boys is too recent. I'm sure I would have known that, and because it's atrocious, I think you would have mentioned it. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I, I can't, the worst for me. I know this is going to sound like a proper like silly, but my my family's Irish, and that that, that almost that actually offends me as a show. It's kind of like a huge libel, isn't oh, it? Of every it's unbelievable. That's the whole thing with the gay son. Just it's it's twenty. 13. It's correct. Come on, guys. It's also... Um, Some of them can even get married. I don't know soon. how it... How, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how it happened, but... Um, and obviously they do this thing of uh, sort of fake outtakes yeah, during, yeah. as they're recording oh. it and cast members giggling. And it is like... We talked about this last week, didn't we, Kev, on the, on the podcast. It, it's kind of like a 1980s early 1980s sort of late it's 70s bizarre. sitcom and I'm not I'm not one of these purists that wants everything to be sort of naturalistic and all that because I, I think Miranda's very funny yeah yeah you know what I mean I know some that's got his critics among I, modern no, I comedians so. but I sit there and it's just funny it's just it's just nice and easy going but Mrs Brown's Boys just I think trades on I honestly, easy laughs I honestly think somebody at the BBC thought it was some kind of inverted parody of something yeah. <laughs> and therefore kind of commissioned it and went, oh, we've got a great idea. No, it is just yeah. a really a Bernard Manning-esque script. It's weird, That's yeah. it. Because, like, yeah, I can't, yeah, I don't know. I don't so anyway, know. So Chris, I think it's uh, two parts of lager. It's the correct answer. Yes. If we've been given Duff information, can you let us know? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll find out. He, I mean, I know he, he's done the odd bit of a warm-up. Okay. But I don't, yeah, I'm sure he probably... Question number four does go back to the 70s. Right. Which 1970s comedian had a fictional friend called Everard? Was it Stanley Baxter, Larry Grayson, or Frank Carson? Everard. I'm going to go Stanley Baxter. (laughs) The correct answer is Larry Grayson. Oh, is it? Oh, right. And I tell you what, here's, here's something. If you ever want to see a really tuned and talented comedian in action, just YouTube some Larry Grayson. Yeah. 
It's uh, three out of four so far, Carl. Final question. Which town has a comedy club called the Frog and Bucket? Is it Pontypridd, Portsmouth or Preston? It's Preston. Is the right yeah. answer. <laughs> you played the club. Never played the club. I played but the Manchester Frog and Bucket. I was going to say, they there's started a in Manchester. There's a few, aren't And they spread out. So there's right, one in yeah. Preston. I think there's, there's one in one. Wigan. I think there is maybe yeah, a new yeah. one in Wigan, yeah. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, four out of five. Carl Donnelly scores four out of five. And, know, and we're that. done here. Your website is carldonnelly.co.uk. is Carl Donnelly. It's all there. And your podcast is out every other week. It's your podcast, yeah, it's... It started, it was like 20 minutes long, and now it's like two hours yeah. long. It was originally called the Carl Donnelly and Chris Martin Bite-Sized Comedy yeah. Podcast. It's very 25 funny, I have minutes. to say. Oh, it's cheers. Br- you know, it's brilliant. And the, but it's got better, because I think what's happened is we've relaxed into it, and now we're up to like episode 54 yeah. or something. And it's now we have a guest, uh, and it's about an hour and a half long. Fantastic. And it's on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that all stuff. All of those. And yeah, it's good fun. Good and work. It's free for everyone. Yeah, don't cost everyone nothing. Everyone just this stuff rather than all this comedy you have to buy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a socialist. I'm a, I'm a socialist comedian. That's what I am. Brilliant. Good to see you, Carl. Yeah, cheers. Good to that, see everybody, you. is Carl Donnelly. Credit stream. And if that wasn't enough, uh, well, that's actually the end. But, of course, we are back next week. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, make sure you leave us a nice five-star review at iTunes. Android users can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod. He's at incompetech.com. The show's technical operator, Andre Porch. The programme was edited by Joe Marshall. Our researcher was H from Steps, and today's utterly gobsmacking piece of useless trivia comes from Baz in Waverley, who tells us that 51% of men over 80 can still perform perfectly well in the sack, despite their scrotums growing over an extra foot in length. Blimey, sticking your pants back on would be like packing a flipping parachute, Kev. Thanks for that image. Oh, and this week, the in-show catering was provided by Rita's Rolls, due to Abdol being away helping the food authorities after a suspicious ingredient was found in his cream horns. We'll be back next week with nothing. Yes, no features, no guests, just us. Me and Sideshow, in what can only be described as a unique pod-based experiment. Good God. Goodbye. A Big Things Media production. (laughs) Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. Loaded with power, spec and attitude. And now with a five-year, 125,000-mile warranty. (laughs) Oh, God, blimey. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.